Coming up on today's episode of the Ignited Life broadcast. You don't want to find yourself in an emergency room or on an operating table with tubes going down your neck to decide, okay, I need to get my life together and I need to start eating right. And so for me, it got real that, you know what? I am not going to allow a cheeseburger to kill Welcome to the Ignited Life broadcast with Carl Terrell Turner. We pray that you will have a true encounter with God, receive practical teaching that will encourage and lift your faith, and that you'll experience the unconditional love of Jesus. So open your heart now to receive the ministry of God's Word. Into the Ignited Life podcast. Thank you so very much for joining me today, wherever you are, however you are tuning in, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You don't miss any one of the posts that are coming up, brand new season. So lots of new content coming on the pipeline. So make sure you subscribe and also text someone, share with someone so that they can get uh, blessed and encouraged as well. So uh, before we get started today, uh, love to connect with you on social. Follow me at Terrell Turner, T-E-R-R-E-L-L Turner. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, go to ignitedlife.org today. Got a lot of content up there that'll surely bless you, edify you. Um, Got a free resource of a confession guide, so you can download that absolutely free. So again, ignitedlife.org, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you. All right, let us dig into today's topic, and I just wanted to give a response, not really a response, but just do an in-depth teaching on the issue or the subject matter of tithing. Like, is this thing legit? Is it real? So much is going on. There's been some recent teachings about it. So what does the Bible literally need to say or have to say about tithing? Um, so let us begin in the book of 1 John chapter 2. This will be a little bit longer podcast than normal because there's a lot of stuff that I want to get through. But I pray today that you will really get some insight and get some answers and get some understanding that's clear. You know, the, the vision here is to have simple, practical teaching that you can apply to your life and get results. So um, that's the goal here, and we're going to always go to the Word of God. So I want to start, first of all, again, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. I'm going to read this from the Living Bible, okay? So it says in verse 18, Dear children, now this is the brother of Jesus. This is John, and he's writing unto the church. He's saying, children, the last hour, the last days, the last time is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. And already many such antichrists have appeared. Now, you know, when the Lord Jesus comes, there there will come a central antichrist figurehead, right? Now, if you've accepted Jesus, you're Lord and personal Savior, you don't really need to know about this or be worried about this because he won't appear until we're gone, until we're raptured. We'll be in heaven with Jesus and the angels, you know, having a great time. And that's when antichrist will appear on the earth. You don't want to be here during that time. But he's saying that he's not only really talking about the central Antichrist figure, he's talking about, you know, little types and shadows. There are people here who have appeared in these last days. Who are they? There are people who have left our churches, or the one doctrine says that left our doctrine, but they never really belonged to us. Otherwise, they would have stayed. When they left, it proved 
they never really belong to us. In other words, he's saying there are people who they were with us, they were with our teaching, they were with our belief, they were with our faith, I believe the King James says, and now they've left, they've, they've strayed away from that. He says, but you're not like that. The Holy One has given you his spirit and you know the truth. I believe the kingdom says you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I confess that part uh, of my daily confession. So I'm writing to you, not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. So it's important that we know and understand the difference between the truth, God's word, and false. Who's a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who says the word is not the word. Anyone who, desi- who denies the Father and the word is Antichrist. So he says, to be away from this, remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do this, you remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. So I think it's important that we key on verse 24. You remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. You know, in these, in these last days, in this modern church, so much has veered away. I, you know, I got saved as a young child. You know, Christian school, I've been in this a long time now, and it just looks, sounds, and feels different than when I was young growing up. And so he said, we got to remain faithful to what we have been taught, what we've been taught from the beginning, and not just start straying away from that. Whatever's antichrist is the opposite, the word of God. Notice he said that many have appeared. He said they, right? So just not one central figure, as I said. Jesus came to do the will of the Father. And what was that? That was to bring mankind back to God. Now, the Antichrist, or people who are of that spirit of Antichrist, is come to do the will of Satan. What is the will of Satan? That is to divide and separate man from God. That's the whole point of Satan's existence. So anything that pulls you away from God is Antichrist. What is the message of Antichrist? At its core, it's Genesis 3 and verse 4. And the serpent said, okay, he twisted what God said to appeal to Eve's emotions. That's not really what God said. God meant this. In Matthew 4, we see him again having a conversation. He's trying to twisting what God said to appeal to Jesus' emotions. Hey, I know you're hungry. Man, why don't you just throw these stones and, and, and turn them into bread. So the message of Antichrist, hear this, is to twist whatever God has said in order to appeal to your emotions. You don't have to do this. That's not really what God said. It's not really what he meant. It doesn't take all that. You know, there's a, there's a different way. You, you're okay. That's the message of Antichrist. Let's twist what God said. God said something very clear, specific instructions, but now Antichrist wants to, you know, uh, reinvigorate that or, 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 or re, you know, uh, translate that into something that makes you feel good. Now, Acts 529, the apostle said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Okay, I'm just laying a little bit of foundation here. Matthew 5, 18, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappears, not even the smallest detail of God's word will disappear until its purpose is achieved. One uh, translation, the, the, the smallest detail of God's law. God's law is his word. His word is his law. Okay. 
I want to bring that into perspective. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Even when the tribulation's gone, uh, uh, the, the great serpent dragon's been cast into the lake of fire, the bottomless pit, thousand-year reign, after all of that, <laughs> new heaven, new earth, God's word still stands true. I want you to hear this and take this to heart. Revelation twenty two nineteen. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. I am reading from the word of God. God is saying, if anyone takes away from the word, if anyone starts changing what I have said, I will take their name out of the book of life. Now that's, that's huge. That's somebody whose name was written in the book of life. That's somebody who's been born again. And God said, I'm going to take them out. You can't change and start twisting words that have already been spoken. There are some people who think one save always save. You can't lose your salvation. You know, hey, number one rule about God is he can't touch free will. He can't make you serve him. So if you choose him and then you decide, I don't want you anymore, he'll let you walk away. That's how much he loves you. So the Bible is saying he'll take your name out of the book of life if you start changing and manipulating the scriptures. So what I'm telling you today, I've got to be very, very careful and know that I'm speaking from God's word, that I'm not twisting anything because I want to keep my name in the book of life. So I'm not just doing this podcast for the heck of it. So. There was some teaching recently about tithing from a well-known preacher that got everyone confused now or people are saying, I told you so. And the, 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 the sad thing, the, the, the more concerning thing for me is that it opens the door for non-believers to say, I told you those, those Christians were fake. I told you those pastors were, were beating people and taking people's money. I told you they were crooks, you know, and that could be nothing further from the truth. Number one, sidebar for me, Tithing has been proven in my life to work. And again, I, I mentioned that I've been doing this for many, many years, 30 something years I've been born again. And I've met people who I've never met someone who tithe, who gave, who sowed seed and were struggling. When I meet people, when I counsel with people and, you know, they're missing bills, bills are behind, shortage. They seem to spend, but never seem to be catching up. You know, they save, but nothing ever seems to be able to save. As soon as they save some money, something happens, you know, or, or there's always something going on with their car, you know, their body, an appliance is failing. I'm like, hey, are you tithing? Have you been giving it? Well, you know, I was. There's never been consistency. It's, it's been a, a constant theme throughout my experience in ministry. Okay. So for me, what I have seen in my own personal life, there's been times where I didn't tithe. Absolutely. We've all faced that because in my opinion, tithing is not a Old Testament issue, not a New Testament issue. It is a trust issue, a love issue. Do I trust God? Do I trust him to do more with my 10% than he, than I can do with my 90%? And for a lot of us, for people who love God, who trust him, 
you know, I give more than 10%. So it's like, why are we even having this discussion? I see posts and I see comments and, well, it was this and technically the, you know, all these fine points and we're trying to rip this stuff apart. Why does it even matter if you love God, you give. (laughs) But for the sake of argument and for clarity, let's get into it. Now, so this teaching about tithing, number one, when this pastor starts talking and I'll go ahead and say his name because it is on public record. It's on YouTube. It's on social media. So it's Creflo Dollar. And when he starts his message on tithing, he says, well, the reason I did not understand tithing was because he had not been confronted with the gospel of grace. Okay. He never said, I'm sorry. He never said I was in the scripture and I, I learned some new revelation or God showed me something. He said I was not confronted with the gospel of grace. Now, the gospel of grace is a doctrine. It is a, uh, a theological opinion that says when Jesus came and died, rose, he abolished the law. And so now that we're not under the law, but we're under grace in Romans chapter four. It's been made popular by several preachers. Uh, but first brought to main main stage, mainstream in the United States by Joseph Prince. Um, the gospel of grace believes you don't have to repent for your sins. Um, it says that first John was a nine went rent for us. It was written for the Gentiles coming into the church. Well, you know, if sin didn't matter, then Paul wouldn't have corrected the boy who was having an affair with his mother-in-law. The apostles wouldn't have wasted time or ink encouraging us to live holy, you know, come out from among them, be separate. You know, you're a chosen generation, a royal priest, a peculiar people. Um, some people believe, again, we talked about this, not losing the covenant of salvation. Um, but Jesus prophesies that in, in the last days, there'll be a great walking away from the faith. You can't walk away from something you never had in the first place. You got to have it to walk away from it. So, um, again, Romans 6 and 14, that says you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Now, when we say law, they're interchangeable. Remember, we're, we're dealing with King James and, and some translations. Law can be intertwined with word. God's word is his law. Now, there is a difference between the law of Moses and the Levitical law. Okay, if you're listening right now, remember that. Say it if you can. <laughs> the law of Moses and the Levitical law. Two different things. So, you and I are not under the law. I, I don't have a long beard. I'm, I, you know, I'm not wearing a tunic made out of one piece of material. You know, I'm not sacrificing animals whenever I sin. You know, I'm not, we're not keeping the holy feast, Rosh Hashanah, and the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast, feast of Trumpets. We're, we're not doing that. Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. That's Matthew 5, verse 17. I did not come to abolish the law or the prophets, I came to fulfill it. Heaven and earth will not pass away. Not one iota, not one dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Matthew 5, verse 18. So the law is here. His God's word is here to give us insight to spiritual things. Giving is not just tithing. It's it's giving to the poor, to the needy, to the shut-in. It's giving of your time, your talent, your treasure, serving right? The law is informative. Can you, can you imagine if there were no rules, if there was no stop signs or stop lights, what would happen? 
the law, the rules are our guide. Okay. And do you tell your children, if you have kids today, you know, when they break rules, do you teach them that there are no consequences? If you go down the street today on the highway and the speed limit is 60 and you're going 90, you're going to get pulled over and you're going to get a ticket and you're going to have points on your license and points on your insurance because there's consequences to when you break the rules. Now, in the law of Moses, humans couldn't keep the law. So God instituted sacrifices to cover their sin. That way they had access to him. Now, grace didn't come to do away with the law. It fulfilled it. Jesus came as the one-time sacrifice. We'll get into that a little bit later in Hebrews chapter 7. What is grace? Grace is that if you find a true place of repentance, you can find and have and walk in forgiveness. Grace is not I can stop doing what, I'm, what, what I've been doing. Grace is not, I can stop going to church, I'm under grace. Oh, I don't have to tithe, I'm under grace. Oh, I can drink or whatever because I'm under grace. Grace exists so that we are not consumed. That if you have Jesus in your heart, when you stand before the, before the Lord and you're judged, Jesus will say, their name is written in the book of life, they can enter in. That's where grace comes in. It's not I'm under this cloud of grace and I can do whatever I want to. I'm no longer accountable for the foundation, fundamental beliefs of a Christian. Prayer, fasting, going to church, serving in the church, serving in my community, living holy. That, what makes a Christian a Christian, right? For you are a chosen generation, a peculiar people, a, a royal priesthood. What makes a believer a believer? Grace is not inclusive. Ooh. Jesus told us people are going to walk away. They're going to leave and abandon their faith. God cannot cross free will. You can choose to stay with him or to walk away from him. He can't cross free will. Now, with tithing, have preachers used in the past fear tactics for giving? Yeah, yeah, they have. Have preachers used fear tactics for, for, with hell and to get people saved? Yeah. Doesn't mean the word was wrong. It means the tactic was wrong. It means the preacher was wrong. Have, to, have there been preachers had affairs? Yeah, yeah, there have. Doesn't mean that Christians are fake. Doesn't mean the church is evil. Doesn't mean the church is wrong. Have there been doctors who've had affairs? Yes. Have there been coaches who had affairs with their players? Yes. Have there been, you know, uh, 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 teachers messing with their students? Yes. Doesn't mean all teachers are bad. Doesn't mean all cops are bad. Doesn't mean all coaches are bad. You find another coach. You find another doctor. You find another school. Okay? So not all pastors are evil, bad, beat people out of money. First of all, we don't pay tithes. We give. We give unto the Lord. Now, if tithing is the law and it no longer applies and it's old covenant, that means we have to do away with some things. It means we got to do away with thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. Yeah, if it's, if it's law and it no longer applies, well, that's a part of the law. Actually, that was the law of Moses. 
honor your father and your mother must go. Well, we can't do away with that specific one because it's repeated in Ephesians 6 and verse 2, where the apostle of grace, Paul, repeats the law and says, honor your father and mother. In fact, he says the law has promise. So we see something in the old covenant is repeated in the new covenant and it's connected. So we can't throw that one away. We probably shouldn't throw away, don't kill, don't steal, don't cheat on your wife, and don't fornicate. You know, we, we probably shouldn't throw those away either. But for the sake of argument, we would have to throw away the old covenant. We got, we got to throw away his mercy endureth forever. Let's throw away the law of confession. Throw away death and life is in the power of the tongue. We got to stop saying, you know, take the light thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's Psalms 37, 4. That's old covenant. <laughs> we got to take away. Isaiah 43, fear not, I redeem you, I've called you by my by name, you're mine. Now, Deuteronomy 4 and 2, Deuteronomy 12, 32, Proverbs 36 says, do everything I tell you and don't change it. Don't change it. Do what I tell you, don't change it. If tithing is ancient, if it's if it's old covenant, then it means the blessing no longer applies. It means the blessing is obsolete. Well, now that can't be. Because the blessing, like the tithe, came before the law was ever given. That's 430 years. The blessing was given to Adam and Eve, Genesis 1.26. And it shows up again, Abraham. Transforced 42 generations, shows up with Jesus. And after Jesus to us in Galatians 3, where the apostle of grace says, if you be Christ, you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise, the blessing. Galatians 3 9 says, So then they who are of faith are blessed with faith for Abraham. So again, old covenant and new covenant is connected. The old covenant contains the new covenant. The new covenant explains the old covenant. Okay. If tithing is ancient, if it's old covenant, if it's grace, if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's the law, that means the law of seed, time, and harvest doesn't apply. It means that's ancient. Well, that, that can't be because Genesis chapter 6 says as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed, time, and harvest. Uh, I'm not a little farmer. I've got some, <laughs> a mini garden in my backyard. I've planted some cucumbers and peppers and tomatoes. And I got some potatoes. We just planted pumpkins and corn last week. And guess what? We planted the corn, so we planted actual corn kernels. And already, you know, the shoots are coming up. My pumpkin uh, sprouts are coming up. So I planted seed, and now we're starting to see harvest. My cucumbers, I got a harvest of cucumbers out there. So the earth remains, so we see their seed, time, and harvest is still in effect, even though that was spoken in the law 6,000 years ago. We would see no more rainbows, because that was old covenant. When God promised he would never destroy the earth, well, we still see rainbows today. God put the rainbow in the sky, and so... That's still in effect today. So what are we supposed to do? We, we can't just throw this away. Old covenant, still in effect. Law still works. A law is a law is a law is a law. Again, there's a difference between the law of Moses and the Levitical law. We're going to get to that. So what do we do? What do we give? Do we give? Do we not give? Well, the grace teachers are saying, give from your heart. Now, doesn't that sound just so good? You know, in this generation, Generation Z, 
you know, millennials, you know, everything is to our emotions. Everything has to play to the feelings. What feels good? Had a guy come up to me today and said, did you, did you go to service today? You mean church? <laughs> Went to church? Did you, you go to service? Service sounds so much good. We're not, I'm not going to a church service. Come, come with me to a worship experience. Oh, that just sounds so warm and fuzzy. Don't, don't tithe. Because tithing, when you say tithe, you, people get itchy and it makes you nervous. And oh, that sounds, people cringe. You know, it's got a bad reputation. How about be a gracious giver? That sounds on trend. That sounds very brand. Okay. So they take 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7 where it says, as a man purposes in his heart, so let him give. Well, if you just take one scripture and say this, well, you can't do that in the form of doctrine. Because I could take Matthew 14, 8 and say, bring me his head on a platter and then justify murder. That's, that's stupid. That's silly, right? Okay. But for the sake of the argument, if gracious giving is correct, then that, what is generous? What is gracious? Let's say you got a charity. Okay. Or, or even this ministry, let's say you had a hundred dollars and you wanted to be a, give a generous donation. What would be a generous donation? Would it be $40? And I've asked this question to some people the past two weeks. What would be a generous donation if you had a hundred dollars to, you know, boys and girls club or, you know, um, um, whatever foundation, whatever nonprofit, what would be a generous donation? $60. I've asked this question to multiple people. No one said 10. Nobody thought $10 was a generous donation. So it's very, very similar to a marketing strategy. Or, or, you know, you'll notice if you have subscription services, there's always three. There's always three options to choose from. If I want you to pick something, I'm going to give you three options. One you don't want, it's cheap. One that's too expensive. And the one in the middle. I want everybody to pick the one in the middle. So that's the one we go to. So if I want somebody to give, what, what do I, you know, COVID happened, everybody's not giving. What do I say? Give, be a generous giver. At the bare minimum, God asks for $10, a dime on a dollar, a dime. But the, the, the grace teachers, they're asking for 40, 50, 60%. But, but, you know, the pastors are the one beating people. At the worst case, at the worst case, the law only asks for 10 and grace asks for 40. Now, can you give me a reference in verse where God ever said, stop tithing? We see in Hebrews 10, 26, where sacrifice is no longer required to forgive sin because of Jesus. He is the one time sacrifice. Well, what did Jesus say? Luke chapter 11, a certain Pharisee besought him, asked him to come come with him to eat. He went in and had dinner. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. And so Jesus said, you do, you Pharisees, you make clean the outside, but your insides, man, they're wicked. You're fools. Did not the one who made the outside also make the inside? You would rather give alms. You would rather be a gracious giver and give of the things you have. But woe unto you, for you tithe and rule all manner of herbs and pass judgment and the love of God. These ought you have done. These ought ye to have done. 
Waking James. <laughs> what he's saying basically is, you you give all alms, you give your you give your 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 generosity, but you also need to do what you have done, and not leave the other undone. Don't stop tithing. Don't stop the tithe. You're also giving graciously. Hmm. Interesting. Malachi three. Verse 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now, this is the last thing God would say in the Old Testament, the Old Agreement. He would be silent for 400 years until Gabriel shows up to John and Elizabeth. Do you think the last thing God says to us or said in the Old Covenant would be important? Do you think the last thing he said before his silence for 400 years would be something we need to pay attention to? Even from the days that your fathers are gone away, you have gone away from my ordinances. Does that sound familiar? People have gone away from his ordinances in 2022, and they were doing it thousands of years ago. Return to me, return to me, return to me, return to me, and I'll return to you. See, there it is. I'm not going to force you. Where shall we return? He answers their question with the question, will a man rob God? You say, where have we robbed you? You say, in tithes and in offerings. You're cursed with the curse. God didn't curse the people. God didn't say, I'm going to curse you. So any uh, pastor or person who said you're cursed when you don't tithe, yeah, that is wrong application because the curse is on the ground. The curse entered the earth through Adam and Eve. When you tithe, you bystep that. You say, I trust God's financial system. I don't operate in the world's Babylonian system. I'm going to operate in the kingdom system. And so when you do that, when there's meat in the house, the winds of heaven are open unto you. Oh, you're going to die if you don't tithe. We, I, we've never taught that. At least I haven't. My father hasn't. In fact, we teach you to hear the voice of God. God's going to give you a number. And when he, set, when he does it, give it. Give when God tells you. Give how God tells you. Give how much God tells you. Give, give to whom God tells you to give. And when you're doing that, you'll find you're giving more than 10%, and you'll find you're in miraculous giving. You're in seed giving. You're in a whole nother level. He says, bring it to the storehouse. Bring it to the church. Bring it to the tabernacle. Bring it to the house of God. So there's meat. Yes, in the old days. Well, they tithe goats and turtle doves. Well, that was their medium of exchange, okay? And the children of Israel operate in a theocracy. God was the ruler. They decided they wanted a king. They decided they wanted to have a sovereign. We live in America. It's a democracy, quote-unquote, the people rule. Jesus said, give to Caesar what Caesar but keep giving to God what belongs to God. So the tithe, 10% of income, was given to the Levitical priest for the operation of the government, the operation and the supplication of God's house. Are you with me? Now let's wrap this up. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, he could swear by no greater. God couldn't find anybody else. He found a man called Abraham. He said, I will bless you and I will multiply you. After he patiently endured, verse 15, he obtained the promise. He, he received the blessing. Praise God. God willing more abundantly to show 
under the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, that he couldn't go back on his word, confirmed it by an oath, confirmed it by covenant, and confirmed it by promise. It's impossible for God to lie, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, sure, steadfast, whither, verse 20, the forerunner is entered, even Jesus, who is made a high priest. How? After the order of Melchizedek. Well, who's this guy named Melchizedek? We just see him in Hebrews. Well, verse 7, excuse me, chapter 7, verse 1, for Melchizedek, that name means righteousness. King of Salem means peace, priest of the Most High God. Some people think Melchizedek was type and shadow of Jesus. Some think the Holy Spirit. Uh, some believe he may have been uh, a descendant of Noah. But um, because people think he, he might not have been human because verse 3 says he had no father, no mother, no descendants, no beginning of days, nor end of life. So that kind of sounds like he's a supernatural being. But the Bible doesn't really clearly say. Verse 2, Abraham gave a tenth or tithe of all. He gave a tithe once Melchizedek blessed. Now, this is Old Covenant. Men gave tithes to men. Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. The children of Israel tithed to the Levitical priests. In the New Testament, I just read to you that Jesus is now the high priest. So the same way he is the remission of our sin. You ready? The same way Jesus is the remission of our sin, the same way he fulfilled the law, not abolished it, but fulfilled it, and now we no longer have to sacrifice. You have to call me up and say, hey, Pastor Terrell, I messed up last night. I got to get some rams and a turtle dove and a goat and, and, and kill them. No, you go into the throne room boldly to find grace, help in time of need, right? Jesus at one time sacrifice. So now, Jesus, the high priest, when you tithe, you tithe to Jesus. He takes your tithe, presents it before the Father, and worship him with it. But I'm giving to the church. I'm giving, you're not giving to, you're not tithing to a pastor, you're not giving to a man. If you don't believe that the church is doing the right thing, then find a different church. But when you bring your tithe, it, it's presented to the Father through Jesus. It comes into the storehouse, your local church, and your local church distributes. And again, for us specifically, our church, we uh, supply uh, shelters for the children of Israel. We supply uh, helping Ukraine, uh, feeding orphanages in Haiti. There's so much on a mass global scale that the local church is able to do. Our food pantry and clothing closet, so much. Well, I tithe and I gave it to a lady to help her. That's not what God said. He said, bring it to the storehouse. Now, what's significant about this is that Jesus is our high priest. You will find in the book of Jeremiah, I don't have time to go into this, but the blessing came from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Joseph to Ephraim transfers from Ephraim. And in Jeremiah, the scripture says that God says that Ephraim will now be my firstborn. So now, and then he says that there will be a, there will be a branch of righteousness from the tribe of Judah. Okay. So bear with me. In order to be a priest, you had to be in the tribe of Levi. So here, Melchizedek, a representative of God, 
Jesus becomes a high priest, not from the tribe of Levi, but from the tribe of Judah. He now holds the blessing. He holds the birthright. And now he holds the tithe. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When you tithe, it's a powerful thing. Uh, uh, Melchizedek brought bread and he brought wine to Abraham. That was symbolic and foreshadowing the crucifixion of Jesus. When you tithe, Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. So when you tithe, it signifies and mirrors that Jesus is alive. I trust him. I trust him. I trust life in Jesus more than death in the Babylonian system. Who are me to say tithing doesn't exist? Who am I to say it's old, out of date, ticket time, and gone down? I pray today you understand how the old covenant is connected to the new covenant. How? Through Jesus Christ. The very fact that Jesus exists, that he's alive, connects old and new covenant. We can't throw away promises in the old covenant. We can't throw promises in the new covenant. I encourage you today to trust God and prove him. Test him. See if it will work. I have tried this ground. Tithing has worked in my life. Sowing seed has worked in my life. It is working, not past, present tense. I'm here today because of a seed. I'm alive because of seed. So I encourage you today to trust God, trust his financial system, walk in the blessing, live in it, and you'll see your life transformed. Trust him. Don't get moved. Don't get pulled away by new doctrine that sounds kind of funky. Anything that's pulling you away from God, pulling you away or telling you, you don't need to do that or do anything or I'm judging you. No, no, no. There's a difference between correction, conviction, and judging. I want to point you to the word of God. I want to point you to Jesus, point you to the heart of God, that you draw closer to him and he'll draw closer to you. Have any more questions, feel free to send me an email, info at TerrellTurner.com or send me a direct message at Terrell Turner. I'm happy to answer any more questions, but perfectly today you've received from the word of God scriptural reference as to why we still present our tithe unto Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's been a great joy fellowshipping with you. Hope you'll stay tuned. Remember, like this podcast, subscribe to it. It'll help it you know, rank higher in the search, uh, search bars and then share with somebody and perfectly they'll get blessed as well. God, I pray for every single person who's listening today. I declare no confusion, but Father, you will speak to every single person about their need to depend and trust in you and on you in their finances. And I pray, God, that as they do that, they will see your multiplication factor multiply their seeds sown and increase the fruit of their righteousness. We honor you today. We love you today. That our love for you will wax strong in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, my friend, for tuning in. Again, I love you, and I'll see you again next week. Remember, your best days are ahead because we walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you for joining us today. 
We pray that you were uplifted, encouraged, and challenged in your faith, and will share this resource with friends and family. You can find and connect with us on social platforms at The Ignited Life. You can also find great resources and content to fuel your everyday life. Visit our website, ignitedlife.org today. And while there, if today's message touched you and you'd like to support this ministry financially in reaching the lives of others just like you, click the Give link at ignitedlife.org. We thank you. And please join us again for the Ignited Life broadcast. And remember, your best days are ahead. Help this resource get in front of more people by subscribing and rating the podcast. So please take a few moments to do so. Thank you.